Welcome back to Paranormal Roundtable. I'm your host, Josh Turner, and with me is my uh, guest and, of course, my co-host, Martin Nunley. And we got a lot to talk about, so let's jump right back into it and let's uh, let's continue. Thank you. And I have another question for you, too, uh, Daryl. When you guys were camping at this site, you said your friend Charlie, that he had he had stayed out there for a week by himself? No, he didn't stay a week. I think he stayed three or four nights. But Charlie Raymond, uh, he's a Kentucky BFRO. He's a real good guy. I mean, I, I liked him at that time. I've heard some things since then that makes me wonder, but... You know, uh, right, so then you, you, you ever wonder why a big-name researcher like that would go out looking for Bigfoot, and then once they arrive at his location, he never went out of the tent, never went outside of the tent? That's yeah, kinda... I was going to ask, like, if, if he – that was kind of weird. Like, when you said this guy, Charlie, like, he, he was out there I – don't, I don't know him. I don't know who this guy is. I've never heard of him. But, like, when you said – I know that, him very well. So – well, my point though is like if your friend Charlie, he was out there, and and he was, he just like he didn't tell you that that this was going on, or he did tell you, or and you say he went out there without weapons too, like what? Here's what happened, you know. We, me and Billy invited him down. Uh, Charlie came to my house, uh, my farm, and him and a friend, and they stayed there, and uh, we talked, and I told him what was going on and everything that we had these creatures because he he was actually trying he his biggest thing was he wanted to interact with them and, and see the creatures and just like any researcher does and and uh i i had i had known charlie from some other friends and met him before uh i didn't i didn't know him like my best friend but but he was a, I, I liked him he was a good guy and i believed in what he told me but i called him down and we went down there and I, he followed us down there him and his friend and they set Ken up uh, pretty close to the Gibson spot we had. And uh, they actually stayed down there all night. Myself and Billy didn't stay. They did, him and his friend. And he had told me that in the middle of the night several times they heard something walking through the camp and and knocking over. I thought he said a pot or a pan. And they did know that they were out there walking around. And I asked Charlie if he had a weapon. And he said, no, I don't carry a weapon. Most of the time, when I do get out and uh, uh, research, so uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure that he did. How I many he did see, or what he did see? But his reaction was, "Yeah, they're here." So, and he and I and Billy walked some of the areas real deep back in those woods a couple of days that they were there, and we've seen a lot of. There was no doubt they were there. I mean, Billy and I already knew they were there. As we'd already, I'd already seen one. By, I seen two by that time myself, and Billy had seen four or five of them. And he seen the mate, the big male that he said was about twelve foot tall. Uh, I never seen it, or I never seen the other male that Billy said was about ten foot tall. And and he went by that height by by the distance from the bottom of the deck to where. The, the lady had set, where he had seen the head above the deck. He measured from the top of the deck to there, and it was twelve foot. So uh, I never seen the big ones. I did see the juvenile uh, two different times, and I did see the female uh, three or four times. She would come out of the woods and and, and sit next to the tree while the juvenile would play around the tree. So. Uh, those things were there, but the weird thing that gets me and still today stays in my mind is, as you know, we didn't have any problem until we started seeing these orbs, these these strange orbs flying through the trees around us, and it really weirded me out. I, I couldn't believe my cell phone wouldn't work, my, my alarms are going off. Um, and, and my watch, well, when I got in the truck, I realized my watch was not even working. So something drained the energy out of our, what we had. I don't, I don't know how it did it or how or what, but it, some kind of force drained the energy out of our equipment we had. 
if I remember right, I think Billy's clear didn't work either. But I know everything we had electrical didn't work. And uh, it made no sense at all. And then within a week or so, these things or whatever it was, there's no doubt it was Bigfoot because I had tracks and everything else. But these things came to my house and started attacking me when I didn't even do anything to them. So... Right, um, right, Daryl. So do you think that these seemingly unrelated phenomena could somehow possibly be related in reality? You know, Bart, you know, I really it? do that, that all of it's related. I'm, I've never seen a UFO before. I personally haven't. Uh, plenty of friends have. Sure you I did. You I'm, saw a bunch of them. Those orbs are, well, they call them UAPs now, Daryl. Yeah. So they're unidentified aerial phenomena. I'm talking about so like this is, the same thing, but uh, but I've never. But what my point is, I think they're all connected, all of them. Yeah, you're right. That's a logical conclusion that any uh, critically thinking man would come to when you have all these strange phenomena happening at the same place at the same time. Well, it it, it shouldn't be unless there was a connection between all of them, and you're seeing these. UAPs, we can call them, we call them, you can call them orbs, or you can call them UFOs, or you can call them UAPs, but you actually saw one small one turn into a possum, correct? I, I couldn't believe that. It was unbelievable. If I had had somebody with me that seen that, I, I would honestly think that I just imagined it. But I, I watched this thing from across the ground. I'm talking about it was, a, it was like a light bulb. It was that bright. And even picture how dark the woods is at night when you're in deep like we were. And this sure. thing was so bright. It was just like, that was what weirded me out when I, I started to shoot the thing because it was it, it came right to the tree I was at. And when it hit that light, it just turned into a possum. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen. And Billy said, I can't believe what I just seen. I said, I can't either. And that's when we seen the, the two big red orbs, red, orange, pink colored orbs. And uh, the next week, I was weirded out that night. But the next week, we went back and seen all those little orbs. And then all that, the tree knocks, and then the orbs come in, and, and then the alarms going off. I, I, that, I was done with researching for a while. I was taking a break. And, you know, we're trying to help David out. And we did help David out quite a bit. He ended up putting, I think, a, a eight or ten foot uh, chain link fence up around his house. And he's got dogs in there. And he's also got floodlights all around his house and property and, and motion cameras, too. So uh, now they, when they do come out, those lights come on, they go back in. They don't bother his house. So... It cost him quite a bit of expense to take care of the problem, but those things are still down there. Matter of fact, the story that he has told me, and he still lives there, that they're built, they were building a house back behind him, not where we were at, but back further behind where we were at. Somebody had bought some land. And last spring, these things, these uh, framers came in in the morning to finish framing the house, and these creatures were tearing down the house. They tore all the framing down. They actually witnessed them doing it. So, wow! There were these Bigfoot talk. Wait a minute, these Bigfoot type creatures. They came and they tore up a, a house that was being built. They were building a house back in there, behind where we were, where we were at when we seen back further behind there, uh, a good ways back there. But these, the uh, they these people had bought some property back in there. Now this borders. I meant to tell you this a minute ago. It borders an area. I don't tell everybody this because I don't want people going down to David's house and bothering yeah, him. Of course. From type of nurture, but this borders an area called Cheatham Game Reserve. And for some reason, Cheatham Game Reserve closed down 300 acres and won't let anybody hunt in there anymore, right next to where we were at. And you can't even hunt there. You can't go in there for any reason. And uh, back in behind there, anyway, these people had bought some property on the edge of the game reserve on private property, and they were building a house. 
this is a story that David had told me, and he's told me this. He's told me several stories in the last year. He'll call me and tell me what's going on down there. And uh, these people were building a house, and they already had the subfloor up, and they had framed the walls. You know how you frame a house. They had it all framed. And the, the framers had went in <clears throat> a couple of days after all this was done, and they were going to finish framing. And when they pulled in the driveway to where they were finished, to finish framing, these Bigfoot were there and had and were tearing the house down, the framing. It's not actually a house when it's a frame. It's just the frame part where you put the materials on it to build the house. But they were tearing it down when they pulled in, and the framers left and wouldn't go back. So I don't know. Wow, didn't you only think to take a picture of, of that? I, I really don't know. What I understood was the news was called out there, local news station. I, I, I didn't see any of this. David might be able to answer that question for you. He's also in my group. Um, but um, uh, another thing, too, there's a, uh, I'm trying to think of the name of it. Not too far from there, I know several officers that work Cheatham County. They used to work for me when I was mayor and they're at Cheatham County now and I had talked to them recently well, not recently in the last year or two and they said there have been a lot of sightings people calling in down there in that area of uh, these uh, Bigfoot people seeing them down there so they, they they know about it we all know that but but it's kind of strange why they closed 300 acres of a game reserve and not let like, anybody go in there. So apparently some hunters seen them or they were scared by them or something happened. I don't know what it was, but I got a good idea what it was. But uh, that, that's a pretty remote area down there. Uh, it's not far from Nashville, but it's remote. And, uh, you know, these creatures to me, I've, I've learned a lot by research. And they always seem to be close to water. And uh, they always seem to be... The ones that I've, the ones that I've encountered don't seem to be scared of anywhere to be. They'd be close to the city. They'd be in the woods at way out. I think there's a lot more of them than, than people know are out there. And oh, I'm sure. I believe that too. I've, I've got a lady that called me in Hartsville, Tennessee, if you know where that's at. Uh, a lot of people knew I was researching, and if somebody had an encounter, they would give them my number, or they would text me, or call me, or something. And I had a lady in Hartsville that lived in Hartsville, Tennessee, who actually lives in downtown Hartsville, which is not a very big town, but uh, she lived in a, uh, like a like a like it was like a four four condominiums together that she was renting. And I actually went up there. This was back 2016, I guess it was, maybe 17. But she would go out on the back, on her back deck at night or a condo. And to the left of her was a restaurant. Uh, I don't know what kind of restaurant it was, but she said it was a restaurant. They served food and they had two big dumpsters behind it and they were back behind it, but it had a street light back there. And she had witnessed these creatures coming out of the woods at two or three o'clock in the morning while she was on her back deck smoking. She would go out to smoke. And these things were coming and opening the dumpster lid up and reaching in and getting bags and walking out in the woods with them. I guess they were just getting a free meal. But she had witnessed it several times. And I I went up there several times. I've never seen any of them. I, I, I did stay out there, but i never seen one. But... Uh, she had tried to take pictures of them, but didn't have a picture. But uh, that's how close they come in. They're not scared of us. They're not scared of us at right, all. Right, they're not. That's because we cannot harm these creatures in any way, Daryl. Uh, if, if gunfire could kill Bigfoot creatures, uh, we there would be no mystery left because we'd have solved that mystery back in 1975 in Spotsville. So we had a, a bunch of people up in my house, and they all all firing on these, these this creature that was out in the, out in the just beyond the tree line. It was probably maybe fifty feet away from the roof that they was on. And they went the next day, and there was nothing there but a dead dog that had been 
all the guts removed and the eyeballs and tongue removed. So I don't believe we can harm these creatures in any way. And I'm sitting here wondering, uh, I, I wonder if anybody that's listening to this podcast is wondering the same thing. If, if an orb the size of a light bulb changes into a small animal like a possum, well, what do the bigger orbs the size of beach balls change into? Dog, Bigfoot, all kinds of weird stuff. Right. I think think you're both right. What do they change into? But, you know, it's, I I still believe, you know, the the worst thing about that is that it brought the fear back into me again. And that that was the worst thing I got out of it. So I, I, I have that fear again that I got rid of. It's not as bad, but it's there. And, uh, these, these things, I, I truly believe that some people are are more prone for some reason to attract these creatures because I've, I've seen more of them than people I know. I mean, I've got friends that's hunted in the woods 30, 40 or longer years. They've never seen one. They've never had an encounter. They don't see anything. But then me, I, I have encounters over and over. And just by going fishing, I didn't. I wasn't looking for Bigfoot. It, it, it found me. So I, I don't really understand how people. Some people seem to attract that type thing, and uh, I wish I wasn't one that did that. But I believe I am. Well, Daryl, I can uh, I can say this. Um, I, I know that that I think once you've seen one. You're you're more likely to have experiences. You're more likely to have something because I think there's some sort of an attachment that that comes with this thing, and I really think that because I, I haven't personally went with my encounter. I was a dogman encounter when I was 15. Now, I haven't seen like full on seen another one that that looked like that, but I have felt the presence of it in, in a couple different times when I was working. And 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 I I could close my eyes and in my mind's eye I could see it and I knew that it was around and I've even had it happen at my studio, um when I was on the live stream and I recorded with Steve Stockton everybody heard this loud howl that was on the show, um a lot of my listeners you know pointed it out to me I think it was Chris Clough one of the one of me and Barton's mutual friends that sent me a a, a copy a link to to he said you know to the show and said hey this this and it was at the one minute something at one hour, one minute mark, something like that. And, uh, you could hear a howl and Steve heard it and I, I didn't hear my, it. my wife and I heard it too. Yeah. I didn't hear it. And so, but it was weird because earlier that night I was having this weird thought that this thing was around the studio and I was just like, it was weird. Now earlier when you were talking about the orbs, like I'm sitting here and, and Anthony's asleep in the, uh, in the office. Like he, he helped me set up or whatever. And he's really tired and we had a bunch of stuff to do today. So there, we have a really comfortable spot in there, a couch or whatever. So he's crashed out in there. Uh, my wife is at the house uh, along with my brother and there were a couple of the guys uh, that, that would normally be around there at work. So, so, you know, like Tony and Scorpion, whatever. So I'm over here in the studio pretty much by myself. And like when you were talking about the orbs, I thought I saw somebody walk by going to the bathroom. I thought, oh, Anthony must be up. I look up and there's nobody there. And it was when you were talking about that. And and I'm not kidding. I'm sitting here and it just gave me the willies. I was like, whoa. And that's happened before in the studio when we've talked about certain subjects. But when you start talking about orbs and you start talking about these uh, creatures, um, things happen. You know what I mean? It's just like. And, and and people don't want to believe that they want to believe that this thing, these things, and they try to compartmentalize all this stuff. And you know, and you go on certain people's shows, they want to know about the dogman, but they don't they don't care to hear about all the stuff that's going on around it. So, in the book that I'm writing right now, it's hopefully it'll be out by, by Christmas. I'm trying to that's my goal is to get it done and get it published by Christmas. But the thing is, there are accounts. And me and Barton have talked about this at length, you know, and we talked about it with Ken Gerhard because Barton and Ken are, have helped me interview some people. Um, one of the things that that uh, I've noticed is like, you know, the, the, a lot of these people will have more than just like a Bigfoot or a Dogman encounter. They'll have something going on in their house like poltergeist activity or they'll have like UFO activity. They'll have 
weird like uh orbs and, and all kinds of strange things like san gabriel river had a guy who was on my show not too long ago and um like the day after he the day before he was on my show somebody had reported a green uh beach ball size like like you said barton like a beach ball like it was the size of one it was bouncing around on the san gabriel river the next day uh, roy garza friend of mine contacts me sees a 10 foot tall bigfoot on the banks of the river with his brother I mean, you know, when you start taking these, when you get as many stories as I have and you put them all together, you start to see patterns, you know, and when you, when you see these threads, you know, like there's orbs, there's balls of light, you know, and then touching on what you said about how you don't think they can be hurt. Well, I had a story, I got a story that was told by somebody's grandfather. This was uh, around Bandera. It's outside of San Antonio. It's in between Austin, San Antonio, like to the West. And th there was a Bigfoot-type creature that was harassing this family. Uh, this happened in, in, like, 1910 or something. It was really a long time ago. And uh, the family now, of course, a lot of Texas was is, was very rural and still, still is. There's a lot of ruralness in Texas. And a lot of people didn't even have electricity until the late 50s here in Texas. So, you know, this was back in the days of kerosene lamps and whatever. 1910 might as well have been 1880. And this Bigfoot thing was coming right up. To, and they had these dog, they had this dog run cabin. And this thing had come up in between the dog run. And one of the uh, uh, people that, that, that was being assailed by this thing was a female. But she got brave and she doused it with kerosene and lit it on fire. Okay, close the door. The, and it was like, hey, you know what? We're going to die. We're going to die. You know, like we're, we're, we're done playing around. We're going to burn this thing. This thing just took off walking slowly in between the dog run down the steps and just walked off into the woods. It didn't roll around on the ground and scream in agony and flail around. None of that. There was none of this, ah, you know, it wasn't nothing dramatic. And this guy told me, his his grandfather told him this story because it was told to him by his 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 uh, uh, father or whatever. And he said, that, dude, it was like it was like it was just flailing around. Uh, uh, like trying to get into the uh, the uh, cabins, like trying to beat, you know. But once they lit it on fire, it just walked off. It didn't flail around. It didn't do anything. A normal, natural creature would would start to freak out and scream and try to run away and try to and try to go find water and try to get in and submerge itself and or, or right. roll around the ground or something, put dirt on itself. It didn't do any of those things. It didn't do anything that a natural animal would do. It just walked off into the woods and then some of the woods caught fire. And then, you know, it, but it didn't turn into a forest fire, but it was, you know, it was crazy. Just, wow. just my personal belief, I could be wrong, but my personal belief is, is uh, that some of these are the Nephilim type and I don't, I don't know if all of them are or not. It, it probably are, but, uh, you know, my grandfather also told me a story about when he was a little boy um, in the same area that I had my first sighting. You know, when he was a little boy, he, he lived in that house down there right where I was hunting, right across from it. Well, it was a good 50 yards, 60 yards from it to the left across the creek. It was just a, a, what, the only thing I could see was some old logs sticking out and part of pieces of tin laying there. So it had been following in for quite a while. He was born in 1900, so it had been a long time. But uh, he, he was talking about how he was a little boy that the, the first time he had heard of one. And I think he was seven, six or seven years old when his, this happened. His uncle lived with him there in the house with his dad and mother and his brother. And one of those, he and his uncle had went out squirrel hunting, and one of those things had got after him and chased him home. And my grandfather said that he, they can't, that he was scared to death in the house. They, they had an old, you know, log house, and they had the door barred with everything they could, and this thing was beating on the doors, trying, trying to get the door open to get in to get his uncle. And he said that went on all night long. Until daylight, and then it went, it left, and it didn't come back. But he said he was scared to death when he was a little boy, which had happened. Uh, he, he didn't he didn't see that creature, but he could hear it banging on the the log house, and it was definitely trying to get his uncle. So uh, 
you know, I, I, I truly believe that some of them are evil. I don't know if all of them are, maybe a different type. I mean, I've read up on so many different people and different stories. Dr. Matthew Johnson, I used to think he was completely crazy, but I don't anymore. Uh, a lot of his ideas I do, I, I can believe in, and some of them I'm not sure about. But, uh, you know, he, he, he says there's only one Bigfoot, and it's called the Xano. That's A-N-U-E. And the other ones are a favorite and are similar, but they're not the Bigfoot. They were left here by uh, visitors from another planet, and they're called the Tritons. And they are all evil. And they are enemies of the only Bigfoot, the Xano. That's why when you see X's in the woods, the trees that are formed X's, that's the mark of the Xano that live in the woods. And I'm not sure that's not true, because I, I truly don't believe that the ones I've seen at the river were were that type of big threat that were trying to harm me. But I do believe the other ones were. I believe they were the other type. Well, in, in, in they may be different kinds. I mean, but if you think about it, though, and, and if we, we, we go down the rabbit hole for just a minute here, guys, like if, if you look at the Nephilim, okay, they're basically what they are are basically like they're 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 i mean when you break it down they're they're human mixed with demon that's what they are i mean and that's that's literally and and even if like like if you believe in like the fairies or the jinn um both both species of of demon which is what kind of what they are um they are different cultural names and they live in different regions, but they, they have offspring, like they have families. And according to the, to the Quran, when it talks about the jinn, they're not all evil. Like some of them are evil. And then they even have religions. Like some of them are actually Christian. Some of them are Jewish. Some of them are Muslim. You know, it's weird. Like they have their own hierarchies but they have their own religions and their own families and the fairies are kind of like that too there's the seely court and the unseely court and you know so it's like it's like it's like the clean and then the unclean and so it's it's really weird like when you because the word you know is a gay it's gaelic you know but it's the same thing i mean you have the the bigfoot is this to me a type or species of nephilim they could be from many different places uh, you know, ancient Lemuria, Agartha, Shangri-La, all these different cities that, that you know, that come from, you know, the, the openings of the inner earth. I mean, you know, the book of Job, and I've said this before on my show, it's like when, when, when God asks Satan, you know, where, where hath thou been? He says, I've been walking to and fro upon and within the earth. And, you know, the book of Job actually predates Genesis, which a lot of people don't know that. Our Bible, the Christian uh, Bible, the uh, the King James version, it starts with Genesis. But Genesis is the the book of Job is actually way way older, and it's actually an Arabic story. And people don't really they don't understand that. It's real. It's hard to you know to to express you know like when, when you're dealing with people who have been like I don't know I don't, I don't want to say brainwashed but like they've been subjected to a certain type of learning since they were children whether they're Muslim or Christian or Jewish or Buddhist Hindu whatever it's very hard to convince them of, of anything other than what they've been taught from when they were children but when you start to read the translations of these different types of books you're starting you start going wow and then you start to see like all these weird connections between Two religions that you thought couldn't be more different, um, you know, like Hinduism and Christianity, where you have like Krishna, which is like Christ, and but he he supposedly is is like this Christ-like figure in Hinduism, and he's going to return, and he's going to do the same thing that Jesus is going to do. It's just he's, instead of calling him Christ, they call him Krishna, and then it, it's weird, and then people will argue, well, they have a polytheistic religion, not necessarily. They really have a monotheistic religion, but all of the the various gods like Ganesh and, you know, all these different gods they have, they actually are just different aspects of the one God. It's all Brahman. It's just different aspects of him. 
because he is, I guess, you know, in their belief, omnipotent and he's, he's everything and all things, whatever. Well, that's the same way we believe as God. We just don't attribute all these different characteristics to him. The, the, the funny thing is though, I mean, when you look at the old Testament and, and, you see like when Genesis six, when, when, it, when it talks about the, the giants in those days, you know, and they became their, their offspring became mighty men, men of renown, all this, you know, it talks about the Nephilim. You, you go to the book of Enoch. It is literally like the long version of Genesis six, which is even Jesus references Enoch. Every, everybody references Enoch, but Enoch's not in the Bible. And then you're going like, well, why is that book taken out of the Bible? It was taken out of the Bible for the same reason that there were so many other books taken out of the Bible, because it did not promote the Code of Deuteronomy. The Code of Deuteronomy being the original Torah, that was a good way for people to 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 be uh, controlled by, you know, the kings and queens and the nobility. And they said, well, if you're if you're preaching about reincarnation, it's like you, you, what happens is people aren't as apt to do right. They're not going to listen to you. But when you tell people, hey, you die, you go either to heaven or hell, you know, they're going to act right. They're going to act accordingly because they don't want to go to hell or they want a reward to go to heaven. If you tell people, hey, you act bad, you know, you may have to come back and do it again. They'd be like, oh, I'm good with that, you know, because that sounds like a better alternative than going to a hell realm. But, you know, when Jesus says you must be born again, I'm of the belief that it is physical and spiritual because like, it says in the Bible, you know, that as is above as is below. It's, it's the same. It's the spirit is, is the same as the flesh. When you have the melding of the two with these, like what I believe are these, these, these Nephilim creatures, you know, they're going to be able to do things that is going to seem like magic to us, but it's really just a science that they understand that we don't because they come from a different density. Just as Jesus did. Jesus came here and performed miracles. And everybody was like, wow, this is amazing. But that's because he was from a far more advanced place in the heavens. You know, and so when he came here as the word made flesh, he was like performing miracles. It was nothing to him. It was like, this is just, you know, he, he could transcend, walk on water. Um, things that a spirit can do. Like when you, when you read about spirits. Like I was reading a, a, a story the other day about ghost ships. And there was this spirit that was floating on the water, like outside of a ship. And I thought to myself, Jesus did that. So that's why the disciples were like, oh my gosh. You know, they thought at first they were sore afraid because he was, he thought he was a ghost. He thought he was a spirit, but it was Jesus just walking on the water. And, uh, you know, I believe, it was, I believe it was Peter, wasn't it? That tried to walk on the water and he started to do it, but then he, he lost his nerve and he fell into the water. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, and Jesus says, you know, you, you can do these things, but you have to have faith. You have to have, you know, we tell ourselves, you know, hey, this is the world we live in. This is the way it is. And so you're kind of bound by the strictures of this matrix of this physical reality. But in reality, but in true reality, when you start to learn the true nature of our reality, you start to realize that that we all are of the life and breath and spark of God. We aren't Christ, we aren't the Word made flesh, but we are given special abilities. But the, I think that people keep them bottled up and locked up, and I think modern society lends to that. The more that we keep our heads down and we don't pay attention to what's going on around us, the less perceptive we are, the, the more susceptible we are to all these tricks. And I think what these things do, like like traveling on orbs, you know, um, you know, transforming from these orbs into these creatures. And it's, it's, it's like, it's insidious and scary and it's, it's whatever. But if you, if people really paid attention, like when you go to sleep, um, there are times when you're really out of your body. And when you have these dreams where you're falling, you're actually falling back into your body. And you can see these creatures, not just these Bigfoot, but like all these different types of creatures they're all over the place and they're in that fourth density because they're in that, that realm that's in between the physical and heaven, heavenly realms, you know? And so that's what these demons do. They, they're able to manipulate. They're able to like, uh, mess with your mind. Barton, you, we've talked about this before, but how they use a type of mind control. Um, 
Right. Yeah. Which most people mistake for infrasound because they they just want to uh, ascribe a natural ability of a natural animal to an unnatural uh, supernatural animal. You know, right? it's not animals, but a supernatural entity. So they don't really need infrasound like elephants or lions or tigers. I think it's it's something quite beyond that. Myself, that's just my opinion. I could be wrong. I've been wrong hundreds of times in my life, and I'm sure I'll be wrong hundreds more before I'm um, I'm dead. So, but I don't believe this is infrasound at play. Yeah, not as we know it. Not yeah, not as we know it. I mean, I, I don't doubt that there could be, but like you know, uh, lions and tigers like infrasound. You know, like there's the roar that people have talked about dogmen doing it, but when these dogmen or these Bigfoot do it, it's like they, they hurt you with it. And and I think it's something that they can manipulate. And, and when, and if they can manipulate you and in particular the mindscape, and I, and I talk about that all the time. I mean, of course, everybody knows the saying idle mind is the devil's workshop. And, and when you're not occupied, you, your mind wanders to deviance, you know, and but I think that these things they they understand the mind body spiritual connection because they know they are spiritual beings having a physical experience. Whereas humans, we are born into this physical reality, and so many people are so uh, intelligent with their mind, but they have no perception because they don't perceive beyond the mind. They don't perceive the the spirit. They don't realize that we are actually just spirits having a physical uh, experience, not the other way around. Like when your body dies, your spirit's still there. And so many people, even, even I've seen devout Christians like who go to church on Sunday and they'll read the gospels and they'll hear about the Holy Ghost. They'll hear about the Holy Spirit. They'll read about Jesus performing miracles and they won't believe a lick of anything spiritual. Like if you, if you told them, you know, somebody in their house is having problems with some sort of spirit or, or a shadow or anything like that, they, they just absolutely will dismiss it and they will make every excuse in the book. But they'll go to church every Sunday and read about spiritual this and spiritual that. But in their everyday life, it doesn't exist. Like it absolutely doesn't exist. And if they saw a Bigfoot, even if it materialized in front of them and then dematerialized, they would say – Oh, uh, it was a physical being, and the, the, it was a trick of the light. They, uh, you know, well, what you know, what if it was cloaking? No, it wasn't cloaking. It's, it's something to do with her fur and the weird light creating a, an effect, and then it disappeared. It's some sort of physical creature. And these are people who are devout Christians, and they'll still believe that. They will absolutely believe. I've seen it happen. I mean, like you know, just literally, like a friend of mine, his house was haunted when we were kids. I, I didn't really have a lot of experiences in, in that house. Like, you know, I had, we had a couple weird things happen, nothing like anything dr- dramatically like major that I could point to, but he was having weird experiences. He was seeing like a little kid, um, who was a little bit younger than our, our age, I think, you know, and he'd be running around in his pajamas and like, you know, and of course, like some of my friends said, you go over there, we played Atari, we were little, you know, and they were like, they would say, oh, this little kid. And they made, they even gave him like a little name or something. And I like Jamie or James or something. I don't know the the kid's name, whatever. And or maybe it was something something else. I don't remember, but I never saw it. Um, but we did have like weird stuff happen, like the door would open, stuff like that. And then his parents were real devout Christian, and they went to the same church we did. And that church would talk about the spirit, like they would talk about it, you know. And they would ignore that that like that like that ghost did not exist to them. That the, like their sons and their daughter were seeing it. But they didn't, they ignored it like it wasn't real, like it did not happen. And and his dad even had a Bigfoot encounter at one time, completely rationalized it too. I mean, like he, it was like he saw this thing come up out of the grass and then go back down. And then when he was in that area, like he, it was gone, like it disappeared, like something had to have happened. Like how did it, you know, but he was convinced that it was some sort of physical creature. Like, you know, he was convinced. Now, he believed in Bigfoot after that. But uh, this was a church-going person. Like, he'd go every Sunday. and He'd rationalized it, you know. Um, and that's what a lot of people do. And then they, and they, and they want answers, but they want, 
their answers. They want the answers to fit into the box that they want to be able to put it in. And that's the problem right there because a lot of times those answers don't fit into the box of their thinking or the box of their choosing, you know. Um, and you have these people who are all there's there's atheists too and evolutionists and whatever, and they want to believe that this thing is some sort of evolutionary creature. Where you know here in North America there are there are no records of any sort of ape um, that just there isn't. There's no fossil records of them having been here. So, Dinopithecus, you know, Gigantopithecus, where is the proof? Like, where, where are the fossils? I was arguing with somebody the other day in one of the groups. I was like, where's your proof? Like, you, you, you believe that this is an ape that's running around doing all this stuff. Um, and then they cherry pick. They choose to, t- to believe certain stories. But if, if you, Daryl, told them your story, they're going to they're gonna cherry pick it and say, okay, well, we'll hear this story here. But let's leave out all the other stuff. Let's leave out any, any of the weird stuff about the orbs. You know, let's just let's just talk about the physical part of it. And they will literally create an entire narrative. Um, well, they already have, but they'll they'll take your story and just add to the narrative that it's a flesh and blood creature, only taking the the part of your story that is of the physical part of it. And I think that's a great disservice to the community. And I think that people who are supposed quote unquote uh researchers who are are literally leading people around by the nose, very famous people too, you know, on TV and writing books and they're, and they're going to all these conferences and they're talking about all this stuff and they're close minded completely to anything that, that can disrupt that little paradigm that they have constructed. And it is a very man-made paradigm that's been constructed by people who are afraid. I think they're afraid of the truth. It's an illusion. Yeah. You're exactly right, Josh. It's an illusion that they're spoon feeding everyone. And what we're trying to do is break that that spell that everyone's under and expose the truth about these things. Tell the whole story. So they're all they're all related. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Can't look at just a Bigfoot uh, phenomenon and ignore the UAP phenomenon that comes hand in hand with it or whatever, the poltergeist, the, the ghost, you know, spiritual phenomenon that you're having in your house after you see one of these things. So, you, like you said, they're doing a great disservice to everyone. And it's, I think it's very intentional, but I think it's our job and our duty for our fellow man is to stand up and tell the truth about these things and what we've seen and what we know. Because all most of the people that are spreading the, narr- the narrative about these uh, so-called cryptid uh, creatures. They don't. They don't know. It's just their opinion. They most of them have never had an, an encounter of their own, right? So they wouldn't know anything other than what they've been taught, or what they've heard on TV, or read in a book. So it's people like us that have lived through the, these experiences firsthand. I think it's up to us to try and get the truth out finally after seventy years of. Of these flesh and blood apers running around in circles chasing their own tails and they haven't given us a single good answer to anything. Not one. So we need to change that. We need to make people aware that these creatures aren't what you know, everybody is telling well, you, they're telling you that they are. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Sorry. I, I think oh, go ahead, Daryl. A big problem with that has been for so long. And that's a good thing that these groups like mine and others on Facebook, uh, Michael Patterson's that I helped him start, uh, have done for people because I was in a position after my first sighting that I couldn't tell anybody because everybody I even mentioned to, they thought I was either crazy or I was just making up something. And, you know, you, you tell somebody that type story and they look at you like, what are you talking about? I mean, even credible people that I knew, they believed me because they knew I was honest, but they didn't, your mind don't wrap around that type of thing to believe something like that's possible. And, and, and mine was the same way the day that I seen it. But the, the impact is so great 
And if anybody had an impact, it's you, Barton, because, you know, that story you told at the conference, I'm sure you've told many a times, but I felt every bit of the fear of every part of that story that you told because I know that fear. And after you get that fear, you don't ever forget it because it don't leave. And, uh, you know, when, and when that comes back again, I thought that was pretty much gone or at least better. But after what happened to me at my home, I'm back to where I was in 92, 93. I mean, I'm not having the nightmares, but I'm still, my fears back again because these things are, are, are capable of doing unheard of things like follow you home or turn into something that they, we don't know what they are and the orbs turning into something. I've heard people say they've seen Bigfoot come from the orbs. I've never seen, I've never seen Bigfoot cloak. I mean, I didn't see one go behind a tree and just I don't know where it went. I couldn't find it. But at the same time, people don't believe in all that. And the biggest majority of people this day and time still don't believe anything we say. They're normal people that don't even study Bigfoot or know anything about these enc- these encounters. You tell them those same people are still there. They don't believe them. They don't believe in that. They think you've seen a bear or you've seen something. It's always a bear. Yeah. Or a well, there's a million bears in the room. Yeah. And, and uh, it's always they all think that we're crazy or fantastic liars, but we can't really concern really, ourselves with these people. They really do. We have to that. tell the truth no matter what. Well, Daryl, they would take your story and pick it apart and just leave out like a lot of pertinent information and just turn it into, and what they literally do is they just turn it into something completely different than what it really is. And that, and that's with Dogman too. Like there'll be like somebody plays with a Ouija board and there'll be a Dogman that comes out of their closet. And that I just, I, I've had a couple like stories that were very similar to that. And a guy I used to work with, he had told me that a lot of people had played with Ouija boards and they would tell them that they started having these dogman encounters. And I'm like, well, why don't you tell people that? And he's like, it's not my job to say that. You know, it's like, dude, you know, because the narrative, it's 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 a much uh, more attractive narrative just to say, oh, it's a physical creature running around out there and we can discover it one day when that's complete nonsense. I don't think it'll ever be. That's never going to happen. I just don't think it's going to happen. Um, because they're, the, the nature of what these things are is completely being lost on people. They're just completely not, and they're not looking at the entire picture. And when I started Paranormal Roundtable, my whole goal was to look at the entire thing like one big mosaic, not just one piece of the puzzle and pick it up and, and examine the heck out of that piece of the puzzle and then pretend like that was the whole thing and just ignore the the other thousand pieces, you know, because, you know, everybody picks up a piece of a puzzle and then they're real guarded with like, this is mine, you know, like Gollum from Lord of the Rings, you know, it's my precious, you know, but it's like, dude, if we all took those precious pieces and put it together, we could make, a, 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 a you know, the picture a lot more clearer, but people don't want that. And then people want to be real guarded with what they get, like an, like a story they get from somebody and they get mad if somebody else gets that story. And it's like the more people that you go and you share your story with, Daryl, the better. Like I know you were on Bettina's show. That's a good thing. You just you go to another show and just spread the truth, spread the word about what you've seen and what you've witnessed. And the more these uh, this story gets out, the better it is for the community. See, I don't, I'm not greedy with that. I don't, I don't, I don't want to just, you know, you got to come to me for the information, you know, for the good stuff, you know? And people have said like, oh, well, you told the same stories that have been on darkness, you know, and on supernaturals. There's no, somebody can come to me and they can tell the same story that they've told on 50 other podcasts. It doesn't matter. I'm going to give you my perspective on it. I'm going to break it down to what I think it is. Some other host may or author may break it down in another way and think this, you know, whatever. But as long as that host or that author is actually doing um, the, the the service to the people and telling the whole story, that's what's important to me. You know, if they're not, then I'm gonna call them out on their BS because you're cutting, you're editing, and, and you're clipping it down to what to, to something that you want it to be, not 
you know, to what, you know, Daryl's story is, you know, and that, and that to me is the most important thing. That's the main, uh, uh, part of this, you know? Be honest with you. Uh, I wish I could get rid of the fear that I have, uh, cause now I, 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 it wouldn't surprise me if, if somebody, if one of these things didn't bang on my house here, it wouldn't shock me. So, um, that, that part probably is the, the most fear is are they going to come back and visit again? So, oh, well, you know, Jesus would keep them from doing that, Daryl. Trust me. Well, I know. I haven't had I a trip, trip to encounter in 20 years. I'm, but I used I'm, to can't, I'm, couldn't I'm, go out of the house without having something like that happen. So, yeah, I, I just I can't imagine what you live with as a small child. Uh, going through what you and your family went through. I mean, it was, I just can't imagine that because it was rough enough for me in my twenties when that happened to me. And, uh, yeah. much less being a little kid. I'm sure your whole family was terrified, like you said. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, we were terrified. And, you know, a lot of people don't know this, but once we moved out of that house in Spotsville, Mount Ridge Road, my mother and, and, and father's, uh, marriage didn't last, but, about three months and they were divorced. So it broke up my entire family and it affected us forever. We never, we never recovered from that. And I think Daryl, when we tell everything that we know and we've seen, you know, that allows the people who have no experience in any of this, that are just onlookers, it at least gives them a chance to choose uh, the right conclusion. At least they had a chance. You know, the truth has been said before them. All they have to do is choose it. Whether they will or not is, is not up to us. But when we stand up and tell what, what we know and what we saw for the right reasons, then that's all that we can do. That's the best that we can do. And But we need to do that. And, jo- and Josh and I are trying to, to get this movement going where uh, the old guard with the flesh, flesh and blood apers are going to be replaced by the truthers. That's us. We're going to tell the truth and let people decide for themselves. But at least they have the opportunity to decide, right? Because there's there's two stories out there. There's two sides to the, to the Bigfoot story. There's two sides to the dogman story, UFO, ghosts, all that. So as long as we do our part, then I think that we're doing good, and that's all we can do. Yeah, I can, I can, I can agree with that 100%. Yeah, and and I don't. I have friends that are apers. You know, I'm not trying to get rid of them. I just want them to be more accepting right. of of the other side and and not just ignore evidence. Right, because the other side, that's where the truth is. I have lots of friends that are apers and think that I'm probably think that I'm a great liar or mistaken or you know. No, they don't think you're something. a liar. They just they just think that. Well, you know, yeah. I think I think what they think is that you're you're mistaken, you know, or or you know you're 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 thinking is skewed or whatever, but the truth is the truth. You know, you're an experiencer. I'm an experiencer. I lived in a haunted house. It was, and it sounds so cliche and silly, you know, that we, we've had friends that have told me and Barton, Oh, I think it'd be cool to live in a haunted. No, it's not cool. I mean, maybe no, if it's some like, no, little no. small thing that's going on and you can ignore it. Like uh, one of my ex-girlfriend's friends, she lived in a so-called haunted house and I went over there and I was like, you know, she's like, and then the brush, when I put it down, it kind of moved, and I was like, "Okay." <laughs> I was like, "I was like, honey, that's not a haunted house, all right? Try getting slapped on your back, okay? Try getting, try having a uh, uh, a light fixture come at a weird angle and fly down and hit you. Try, try seeing your dog pulling on a on a blanket that looks like it's levitating, and that happened in front of like three or four people, um, you know, and like a bunch of weird stuff happened. I come in, and and my fish uh, tank, like like the fish had boiled and been killed in the fish tank. That's that's a haunting, okay? That's you know what was going on with her. It's like oh, I felt like something touched my he- the head, and you know something sat on the bed or something, and there was like a, a brush that moved. I'm like, yeah, that's cute. That's not what I'm talking about, you know. That maybe maybe that's you know maybe you're you're dealing with some sort of like friendly ghost or something. I don't know what that is, but what I went through was not that, and it was it was for a long time too. Um, Me neither. Yeah, there was and, no peace. No peace to be yeah, had. Yeah, there's no these, peace, these and, and they're haunted. Yeah, I think I think seeing that thing when I was fifteen had a lot to do with it because I my my bolita. So when I was born, I had ojo totaro, 
which is like the gift of the eye. You're, you're born with this gift and that you, you will see, you know, and, and I've often thought that, you know, and that's part of me being, you know, half Hispanic, half white too, is like you walk in two different cultures and it prepares you for, for the rigors of, of walking in two worlds, being able to see into the spirit world, you know, which is just being able to see into another density. That's all it is to me. But uh, guys, it's been great. I, I'm in, I've enjoyed the conversation. And like I said, we're at the three hour mark now. And uh, everybody that's listening, uh, like and subscribe, join our groups. Daryl, you want to give them the coordinates to where they, you can be reached in your group? Yeah, it's called Bigfoot Believers and Other Creatures. Uh, we're on Facebook. Uh, all you got to do is uh, send an invite or you can go on and or we can we can befriend you and uh, invite you in as one. So appreciate anybody coming on. We have some really great researchers that are uh, spending time out in the woods and we have some superstar people in there like like Barton and, and Josh too. So uh, it's, it's, it's pretty much... Uh, uh, a good group and nobody criticizes so that's the best thing about our group uh right great group i, I really entitled to their opinion enjoyed it i really enjoyed being in that group and i thank you for inviting me in there daryl and daryl if you can make I, it down to texas come to the jefferson bigfoot conference uh, october 14th yeah, i would love to get down there it's been a been a while since i've been to texas i know that i know some of that area but uh i would love to get down there uh I'm staying up here now on the coast, on the ocean with my uh, kids, and uh, that's what I'm up here right now for. I've been up here for quite a while with my kids, so um, I've got family back home, so I come home about once a month. So, But anyway, I appreciate y'all having me on, and I've enjoyed talking with you and have the greatest respect for both of you, and uh, appreciate you being such a good friend. Yeah, same same to you, yeah. Same, yeah, same to you, Daryl. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, really uh, got to know uh, Barton more and because I haven't been able to talk that much uh, to you guys because I'm not around you enough, but I do enjoy talking right. with you when I... Me too, and I could talk to you all night, Daryl, just like Josh. You know, me and Josh talk sometimes for... Eight or nine hours at a time. It's and then our wives get involved (laughs) too, and everybody's just having one big talk, and it's it's crazy, man. And like me and me and Barton have had like you know Lyle on the phone, Ken and Nick, and we'll just talk forever. It's just like we just talk and and just talk about all kinds of stuff, man. It's it's crazy, you know. We get in there and we we have chat groups and stuff, and we bounce ideas back and forth. You know, Ken and Lyle are sort of, uh, in that APER category, you know, but they're very benign about it. They don't push their views on anybody and they're very respectful of other people's views. So that's not who we're talking about, but there are some in the community on both sides who are very aggressive with their views. And I tell people, even people who are in my camp, which I'm, I'm like all of the above, it could be everything or anything, but I tell people, you know, I was, I'm like, be very respectful of others and don't attack people and don't, you know, but it just seems like there is this movement that's, that's just trying to, to, to hang on this stranglehold that these things are completely flesh and blood and they don't do anything out of the, out of the ordinary, which by their very existence is out of the ordinary. It's paranormal. I mean, it's just, it just is. But uh, anyway, guys, it was good talking to you uh, from everybody at paranormal Roundtable, uh, Barton Nunley and, uh, our good friend Daryl. Uh, everybody, good night. Thank you. Good night, everyone.